big story from the Straits Times on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to the big story. I'm Harianto Diman. Subscribe to the Straits Times channel so you will not miss an episode. Now, are there more monkeypox cases in Singapore after the first local case was confirmed last night? With contact tracing continuing, here's what we know about this patient. He is a 45-year-old Malaysian man living in Singapore and is currently hospitalised at the National Centre for Infectious Diseases. The Ministry of Health says he is not linked to the imported monkeypox case reported on June 21st. On June 30th, the patient first developed lower abdomen skin lesions and two days later, he experienced fatigue and swollen lymph nodes. This past Monday, July 4th, he developed a fever and a sore throat and sought medical attention where initial tests for other possible medical conditions were done. And when these tests returned negative, he was sent to NCID yesterday. Three close contacts have been identified so far, his two housemates and one social contact. Happy to have Professor Dale Fisher back. Now he's a senior consultant in infectious diseases at NUH. Professor, while the risk to the general public remains low for now, according to MOH, what's the possibility that the disease is already in the community for some time and that there could be other unreported cases? Well, I think globally it's quite possible, but Singapore has very good systems in place, good ascertainment, a very small number of cases. So I think it's very unlikely to be in the community at large. Whether there's undiagnosed people, I think is also fairly unlikely, at least in Singapore, simply because we have those components of identifying people, getting the testing, doing the investigating. But that's not to say there won't be more cases. I think part of the contact tracing, all those components of an outbreak response that you've seen during COVID, they're all now being activated now for, for monkeypox. So if there's a case, then there's contact tracing around those people. There'll be high level of suspicion and, and isolation and quarantine being undertaken. So no, I think it's contained in Singapore, but overseas, it's obviously much more challenging where they've got, you know, countries, UK's got over a thousand cases altogether. So Professor, what is the likelihood then of, you know, this local case, from this local case, there is a spread in the community? I think this is one aspect that we need to be proactive about so that we need to be communicating. As you know, the people that are infected, the ones that are most at risk, men who have sex with men, and it's also their household contacts because of that close exposure. So we should be really communicating with, with those people, educating them on to the, the symptoms and the signs and, and how to take that responsibility to not spread it and, and how to, to come along. If you do have a, any symptoms or any suspicions, then you, you go along to your GP or your clinic and, and get a test to stop the spread. So I think in Singapore, we're quite good at this. So yeah, that's got to be the approach in, in Singapore. Professor, help us understand, close contact is one way of transmission and you mentioned it as well. So help us understand, how easy is it for someone to contract monkeypox? What do you mean by close contact? Can one get it just by sharing a meal with an infected person, for example? So I think that sort of contact would make transmission extremely unlikely. Casual contact, just being in the same room, we don't believe that's a, a source of transmission. We really think it's close 
physical contact, possibly sexual contact. And this is why the emphasis is on these people as, as being the most at risk. But this is why we can reassure the, you know, the, the broad side of community that, that most people actually aren't at risk, even if there's some cases appearing locally. So are you saying it's, it's an exchange of bodily fluids then that, you know, contribute to the transmission? This disease has been in Africa for decades. And what this shows is really a, a global missed opportunity to actually research the disease. And, and there's so much we don't know about transmission. We understand the populations that are being affected, but how it transmits within those populations, we're going to learn a lot more about over the last few months, but uh, over the next few months. But uh, you have to understand that such neglected diseases should have been looked at over the last decade, really, to make ourselves better prepared for a spillover event as has happened. So both to protect those low-income countries in, in Africa, but also to protect non-endemic countries once this type of spillover occurred. So in short answer to your question, we don't know the precise modes of transmission, but from the epidemiology, we can get an understanding that it's that it's really close contact, possibly droplets from prolonged close contact, that type of thing, but not casual.